some amazing blues riffs. As a Memphian, I feel like I can speak authoritatively on that. I'm not even sure if that's a word. But I can definitely say there's something about a good blues rift that fills me up with a soul, with like a like a spirit that I can't, can't fully describe. But I'm going to try. It's your buddy Brooks. It is Barbell Buddha Rediscovered, episode number 51. And this one is called Knuckle Deep and Paleo Talk. And uh, by extension, we're about to be knuckle-deep in some coronavirus talk. I mean, I know Chris is all about keeping content evergreen, and I totally agree with that. However, I would be remiss not to mention, uh, you know, one of the most significant things that's ever happened to the globe, uh, at least in this century. And so the conversation that Chris is talking about today, which is literally the paleo diet, it's oddly appropriate for today. And so uh, I imagine as we open this up, you'll start to understand why I chose the things that I chose from this episode and, and again, why the conversation is going where it's going. So, um, well, as you might be imagining, uh, the coronavirus here in Memphis, Tennessee has shut the city down. We're on a what we call a safer at home initiative. It is two weeks of staying at home, staying out of groups and only traveling when necessary, which means that everyone, almost everyone, is about to engage in a radical shift of what their life looks like. Most of us used to the same old routine. We get up in the morning, we do something in the morning, we go off to work, we're there for eight to 10 hours, and then we come back, and once we're back, we, you know, back in our home, back around our, you know, spouses, significant others, kids, who, whatever it may be for you, and you have like this fair separation between your work life and your home life. Now, um, that separation has rapidly, rapidly dissolved, which means that a lot of people are about to go into a major habit shift, okay? And so I want to talk about habits because Chris is going to talk about his advice for how to be more paleo. Now, of course, there's paleo, which has like a strict set of dogma. But I think what Chris is really getting at in today's episode is thinking about paleo less about the rules. I think he even refers to some of the paleo Nazis that are like very, very strict in adhering to every single detail. And He's talking less about that and more about a mindset about living more naturally. Okay. And so I want you to keep that in mind because while the current times are definitely uncertain, definitely scary, 
it's strangely providing us with an opportunity to retune our habits and our life choices in a way that, you know, although being forced upon us is, is very opportunistic. And so I, I want to talk a little bit about that today. All right, let's just say you're listening to this show and you've lived a life that we've described so far. You get up in the morning, you do your at-home thing, you leave and you go to work and you're gone for eight to 10 hours and then you return home. Now all of a sudden, you're thrust back into doing all of your work at home. So what does that mean? Well, if you're like me, there are things that I do at home and there are things that I do at work and there are things that I never do at home work-wise and there are things that I never do at work home-wise. And now all of a sudden, that couch that TV, those distractions, they're starting to mount. And my habits that I've built around my home versus the habits that I've built around my work are being thrust together. And if you're like me, it's really easy to lean in on your home habits now that you're home more often when you should be engaging in your work habits. Um, like I mentioned, it's easy to flip on the TV to watch an extra episode or something while you're cooking lunch. And before you know it, that episode has turned into three or four episodes and now a two-hour block out of your day has been eviscerated. And you look up and you go, why am I not productive? Uh, maybe you're not training as much because you don't have a gym in your home. You had your gym. So you went, you left your house, you went to your work, and then you went to your gym, and then you went back home. So now your gym things and your gym habits are over are at the gym and your home habits are over here at the home, but now all of a sudden your home is your workplace, your home is your gym, right? All of these things are being thrust has to, thrust back together in a way that is very strange, very strange for all of us indeed. And um, it's facilitated some amazing conversations between me and my spouse. And I hope that you've taken this, a similar approach, but maybe you're still having challenge like getting past uh, frustration. Uh, it was easy for Hallie and I to, you know, engage in like say, we don't we don't agree about something, right? And we can't really get to a, a, a firm stopping place. And we go, oh, you know what, we're just, we'll just talk about this later. And we leave and that moment, that intensity, that emotion has time to subside. And by the time we loop back around to it, by the time we reconnect at home, the things we, we can talk about them in a different way. But now we don't get the luxury of getting that space. So these are all things that are starting to happen right now. It's forcing us to slow down. And many of us are used to being busy. I know I am. It's forcing us to really take a look at the way that we spend, actually truly spend our time what we truly value, like what are we focusing our attention on? And these are all things that can be very tough to break. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to let Chris set some context for us here. So yes, he's talking about paleo uh, and, 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 you know, paleo, the, the, the nutrition lifestyle, but he's going to take a few extra steps. And I think these are fantastic tips to live by, especially, and a fantastic way to think about what we're going through, 
especially as this might continue for um, several weeks to months at a time. And we're going to have a lot, a lot of time to work through uh, uh, building, changing new habits. And Chris has a lot to share. And I'm going to let him do that. He's going to be on the microphone for roughly 13 minutes. Okay. And remember, he's going to be talking about paleo, but he's the, the couple of things I want you to cue in on are um, his conversation about mistakes, his bit about becoming domesticated, and especially his bit about labor, physical labor, and how that can serve us right now. So Chris is up for 13 minutes, and I'll catch up with you on the other side. Getting past the dot alone, the more interesting part to me is really what the, the lifestyle, the paleo lifestyle can really offer you. So <clears throat> I think it's clear we can do a better job of living better, <laughs> more in line with what a human should be doing from the day-to-day point of view. Learning from our history can really guide sort of the scope we can set for our day. I want to start getting into that by telling a little story about mistakes, if that's all right with you guys, my precious, precious lovelies. <clears throat> Here goes. I screw up all the fucking time. My wife would be the first person to say. <laughs> Constantly making mistakes. They happen. They hurt. They're embarrassing as hell. Sure. I mean, we get that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I've learned only recently that they're also really great. Once you learn the value of a mistake and assuming they don't cost too much to make them, they're so great. You should embrace them. Uh, my, my feeling for that comes from the scientific method. When you test a hypothesis, you say, I think, based on what I'm observing, I think something is true. You test it. You collect evidence. Sometimes you go, right, I got what I expected. That thing is true. That's nice when it happens. That's what you sort of want. That's what you think you want. But oftentimes you get a negative result. So the hypothesis is not true. The result doesn't come. So you restructure, you test again. The failure of a, of a test, the, the result you weren't looking for, I think very simply, that's how you learn. You screw up and you realize, oh, that's one less thing that works. I think it was like Thomas Edison. Was it Thomas Edison? Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. And said, <clears throat> sorry, I'm coughing a bunch. I'm sipping my coffee, getting a little flummy. Um, it must not be paleo. <laughs> uh, I think Thomas Edison says something like, I haven't failed a thousand times. I just found a thousand ways not to build a light bulb, something like that. But that's true. That attitude that you need to fail to know anything is the, the way I sort of went about my training when I was doing all the piloting stuff. I, that's one reason why I never wanted to take steroids, never did, because I knew that that would be an easy result. It would make me better. I'd be more competitive. And if you really need to win in a lot of sports, you're going to make that decision. But my motivation was always, I need to know as much as I can about training. And I need to know what works and what doesn't. And I knew that that would mean a lot of lonely evenings in a gym where I feel like I just didn't get anything right. I knew it would mean a lot of wasted weeks training, trying to tinker with things, trying to figure things out. But overall, I'd say I'm very happy with it, happy with that approach, because I do feel like I know for the common guy, for the common gal, with real-life considerations and a job and a family and things they want to do that's not only in the realm of training and all this stuff, you need to know it works for that person. You can do anything and take some steroids and get better, that's awesome if that's what you're looking for. But I tend to think that easy results are just a curse. If things come too easy or you don't have to suffer a bit, you're not really going to understand 
and fully appreciate the path you had to take. That's all. I mean, it's not a huge statement. It's just that I think mistakes are really important. The biggest mistake I've made in my life the last couple of years is allowing myself to be too domesticated um, by a modern lifestyle. And what do I mean by that? I've taken my inner wolf and turned him into a chihuahua, I think, uh, in some respects. We're all a bit domesticated, but it can go too far. <clears throat> so the last few years of podcasts and everything and, and working many jobs just on the side to build this movement and to build, um, write the books and do all that stuff, you know, it gets busy. You are busy. I'm busy. Everybody's getting more and more busy. That's just kind of the, the shame about technology is that we're always promised that the next technological innovation will allow us to free ourselves from the constraints of life, that we'll be so much more efficient that we can work less and less. That doesn't happen, man. That doesn't happen. Unfortunately, the more technology you get, the more you just try to do with it, and that sucks. But for me, that meant not enough time training. For the last couple of years, three days a week for 30 minutes sometimes was asking a lot. That's That sucks, but that has a consequence. Well, my physical form wasn't as trained sometimes as I wanted it to be. That's something I'm working on. The second thing, Obviously, anybody who's working a job knows sometimes you're tempted to sit inside too much, too much time indoors. <clears throat> you get no vitamin D, no sunlight exposure. You, all, if all you do is stare at a computer screen, you lose a sense of time and space. You're not out in the world engaging. You're not walking. You're not moving. It sucks. Not sleeping enough is a big problem. You know, For some reason, we think that if we can be more productive each day, I'm dude, I'm the biggest guilty person in this whole arena right now. I have the, let me own it. I have the belief that if I just stay up another hour and do that little bit more work, that's just the better off I'll be. Not always true. Like just a couple of days ago, I had a crash, a total crash, because I got back from a long trip. You know, we filmed a series of shows for Barbell Shrugged. We weren't sleeping. You know, that AM to AM sleep cycle where you get up in AM hours and you go to bed during AM hours, not good. I came home Tuesday or Monday night. Tuesday, I spent all day signing books and doing work and trying to, quote, unquote, crush it, bro. Trying to crush it. Went to bed at 1.30. Got up at 7 a.m. Bed at 1.30. The next day, got up at 7 a.m. Work, work, work. Busy, busy, busy. Ended up going to bed again at 1.30 a.m. And then surprise, surprise, why was I frustrated at myself? This is how unkind I can be to myself. And maybe you can identify with this. On day three, I'm trying to do the same thing. I'm trying to crush, 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 and my brain is foggy. My memory is off. I'm getting frustrated at very tiny things. And then I feel that frustration. I just get more and more mad at myself because why aren't you performing? Then I just woke up and I realized, oh, shit, Chris, you know what is the X factor here? You haven't had like eight hours of sleep in a fucking week. <laughs> oh, shit. That's how obvious the mistakes can be. People are worried about like the details of their diet, the details of their training, one of the first things we always say, and we got to say it to ourselves, is what are you eating? How much are you sleeping? If you want to fix your program, you can get stronger again. What are you eating? What are you, how much are you sleeping? If you fix that first, magically everything starts improving. Your mood, your focus in the gym, your energy. Crazy how that works, right? I guess the fourth item of domestication would be, for me, I made a huge mistake by farming out my, my yard work and my outdoor labor. Why is that important? Well, I was, I was feeling so busy. I, I don't have the time to get out there. If I can farm that out, I have more time to be inside crushing work. Maybe some of you have, can identify with that, I'm trying to be as efficient as possible. But I think what has happened with me over the last two years is not being outside, not laboring, not having time to have my hands in the soil. Like Think of how mindful it is and how great it is to be like farming 
not farming, gardening. That's too big scale. We don't want to be farmers. We do want to do a little gardening, planting something, cutting your grass, cutting down a tree and chopping it up. All this labor. When you're doing that, it is really, really, especially if it's cold or hot, it's really hard to be preoccupied with your cell phone in your pocket. You're not going to reach for it anyway because your hands are all filthy. Probably not going to reach for it. You're not thinking about the meeting you got to go to tomorrow. You're not thinking about anything other than, I got to get this tree cut up. I got to get this lawn cut. I got to get this thing planted so I can go inside where it's not so miserable. I missed all that. You know, during 2012, 2013, maybe I did almost no outdoor labor. And I think I really paid a price for that. Uh, I actually measured the price I was paying because I went out and worked with my physician and got blood work done. And I was like, you know what? I'm having joint pain. My body composition is not what I want. Despite the fact I'm eating quote unquote paleo, it goes to show the diet is just one thing. My vitamin D was coming back low. I had low DHA. The works. My body was just not doing well, and I was feeling it. And it took, it's taken a year to feel better. Working closely with my doc, Dr. Jeremy Draper. Uh, he's at WellFit right now. He's opening a metabolic conditioning. Not, metabolic CrossFit Memphis, Tennessee is going to be a new CrossFit slash physician's office here. If you're around, you go see Dr. Draper. He's fantastic. But I was eating great, but I was still having all these bad results because I was living a domesticated life. You want to talk about paleo. The most opposite thing to paleo would be this cultivated, this, this domesticated, sorry, this domesticated existence indoors. It's just as bad as anything you can do. And so go to the doctor, get your data to see how you're doing. If you're not feeling good, there's a reason for it. I have begun to draw myself out of that by taking a hard look, not at my training and diet, but at my overall lifestyle, the conditions, the conditions of my life that have to be appropriate and have to be optimal if you're going to get good results from your training, if you're going to work and be productive, if you're going to have a happy, content life. You can't have these big gaps in the conditions. So the next phase of stories, I want to talk about a little bit science. There's this great news story about this very topic. I posted on the Facebook page just a few days ago. It's about cold, the value of cold. It was published in the Atlantic uh, online news form or whatever, opinion, whatever. Uh, good blog. Um, it was entitled, How Being Cold Burns Calories. The hypothesis of it was that calories or cold is obviously very good for you. Not pleasant, but good for you in terms of metabolic expenditure. If you can shiver, you burn up to five times more calories than if you're just calm and comfortable and at ease. Uh, it's a very metabolically taxing thing to do. The interesting part of that story wasn't the shivering part. I, mean, I, I get that. It, it's a metabolic expense to keep you alive when it's cold. For that reason, you don't want to be outside in the cold too long, but exposure is a good thing. Um, it stimulates your body, the discomfort. Obviously, it's, it's reacting to the discomfort by ramping up these processes. It's burning more calories. It's responding to it. Um, it rises to the challenge. So you get a little bit of a rush, you meet the challenge. If it's cold, you're doing work, you just do it. You get through it. Your body is stimulated. Then you crave the rest, right? You have that feeling of job well done. I go inside. I can be happy, content on the couch knowing <laughs> and get rejuvenation knowing that I have a job well done. Who doesn't feel better when they get done doing something like that? No one. No chance. But what do we do now in our everyday lives? We live in a very heavily regulated environment. So right now I'm sitting in my office. The temperature is constant. It's set at like 70 degrees or whatever. I'm not in the sun. I'm not uncomfortable. I'm not laboring. Overall, that's a good thing. It makes our lives easy. We don't have to break our backs digging ditches or you know, building edifices to earn a living, whatever. But 
but we get too reliant on that. It has, I think it has a really profoundly significant effect on our body. You're seeing this now come out in the evidence. You're seeing news stories like this that we look, we, li- we live inside too much. We don't get enough vitamin D. We sit down in chairs too much, which like talking to Kelly Sturette about that, he'd be the first to tell you that, look, sitting in a chair all day is, is as deadly as fucking smoking, maybe more so. It's because it's not what your body's designed to do. It's not at all. What am I doing? <laughs> it's it's as bad as eating any uh, heavily processed, gluten-infused food, oddly enough. It's just as bad, just as deadly. How do we counter it? What am I doing to counter this domestication? Well, I'm, dude, I'm fighting back by programming some labor into my life. I don't want to be just a keyboard monkey typing on a keyboard, typing shit, and calling that quote-unquote work. It's work. But the same way like going for a walk is activity but not necessarily training, I want to make a concerted effort to labor more. <clears throat> I'm going to get my ass out in the backyard. I'm going to garden for real this year. I'm going to grow some big fucking awesome tomatoes and squash, maybe a little bit of, of leafy stuff, some kale, my peppers, my herbs. And I'm going to tend to it every day. I'm going to be out there engaged, connected, a time to put my meditation practice to good use, to be totally focused on the task at hand. I'm going to cut my own fucking grass <laughs> and I'm going to get out there and work because it'll make me feel awesome. It'll get me back to what I was doing. It's, is it easy? Is it fun to be out in Memphis heat when it's hundred degrees or when it's cold? Like this morning I raked some leaves out there. It was like 20 degrees. It's not fun, but man, when you get the job done, you feel like a million bucks. I'd say it's as paleo as anything. I'm going to get outside and labor more often. That's my mindfulness. That's my hands dirty moment. That's my my point to pair my paleo diet with a lifestyle that is more conducive to what I want. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> sorry for the coughing. Go outside and labor. Give that a go. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you, man. Now, I told you in setting up this clip that it what Chris had to say is perfect timing for what many of this many of us are going through right now. Because now we're home, shit just got turned upside down, and we need a, a, a guiding light to take us towards a direction that's positive and, and promotes progress, consistent progress. Okay, so I'm going to go back, I'm going to touch on a few things that Chris said, and I'm going to relate it to what we're going through right now. Well, right now you're in a radical state of habit change, okay? And that means that you are going to need to develop habits, which... Developing a habit is a practice, which means you're going to make a lot of mistakes. And so, as Chris said, mistakes in this case are actually really great. Because if we look at this like a scientist, we're going to use a consistent trial and error method to help us develop the new habits that work for us. And if we are emotionally attached to the outcome, then we're going to avoid mistakes because they're painful, because they're uncomfortable. But if we're seeing this as an opportunity to dial in what works for us, then mistakes are actually a really great thing. So for now, when you have that conversation with your spouse or with your kids that doesn't go so well, instead of being really down on yourself, be reflective and go, where did I slip up? What can I do differently? And and what did this new circumstance or situation expose about the habits that I have in solving conflict? If it's 
not doing enough exercise, right? Now that you're not, now that you don't have a gym to go to, you're just not moving at all, right? And that's a mistake, but it doesn't have to stop there. You go, oh, wow. You know, um, <clears throat> now that I have my couch and my TV available to me, the mistake that I make is that I, instead of like going outside or going into my basement or wherever I have some free space and doing some exercise, I'm choosing to sit here. Okay, well, that's not working for me. I'm not feeling well. I'm feeling sluggish. My energy levels are down. So let's use mistakes to dial in the habits that work for us. Okay, that's the first thing. The second thing is that he talked about becoming domesticated. He said he turned his wolf into a chihuahua. And man, that becoming domesticated, that might be the biggest risk that many of us are facing right now. Becoming too soft, literally becoming so sedentary that we become actually physically soft. Okay, so we don't want to do that. We want to figure out a way to do what we have to do in our home, work, exercise, or whatever, but in a way that releases a more primal or more paleo version of ourselves. And what Chris said is that he thought a great way to do that was doing more physical labor, right? He, he saw the value of physical labor for mindfulness Getting his hands dirty means that he's not focusing on his thing, uh, like on his phone, on his electronics, right? It's so easy to focus on your cell phone right now. It's it's so easy to have the news turned on 24-7. It's so easy to be scrolling Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and and TikTok and, and all of the, you know, Snapchat, like constantly wanting to feel connected to someone right? And that the way that we're doing that now that we can't be connected socially out at a bar or out at a gym is that we're, we're leaning on our phones and that is going to be one of the quickest ways to domesticate ourselves in a bad way because we're constantly attached to this device when really one thing that we could do to help us all around create positive habit change, be a, a mindfulness practice, get physical movement and exercise is to go out and to do some physical labor. So these are just some of the things. You're going to find that sitting is going to be way more readily available to you now that you're home. Um, my, I, what do I think about this? Well, one, here's where I have a benefit. I have a benefit in that I have been living a balanced life between work and home. I do work from home some. I do exercise anywhere. I can do those things. So I don't have to train myself really or, or help reshape my habits. What I get to do now is be a messenger for how we can do these things in a time where learning how to create and manage our own structure is really important. Or maybe if not important, it's certainly very valuable, okay? And so what I like to do, and, and I'll, I'll share a little bit, is, you know, the first of all, as a, as a gym, we moved all of our classes online immediately. This is pre, they forced us to shut down. We saw, we could read the tea leaves. I have friends in South Korea that have been telling me this is coming for a long time. I have friends that are on lockdown in Spain and in Italy. They've been telling me this is coming for a long time. So I have been somewhat prepared, but it, it crept up so quickly that I, I urgently, urgently moved everything to online. And I realized this was an opportunity for us to lead not only as a fitness facility. Yeah, that, that's great. Um, providing fitness is great. But right now, you can go online, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Zoom, and there is an infinite number of free resources for exercise itself. So I got to thinking like, well, what else could I do? And I realized that one thing that I have 
of that could be of value and of service to others is to describe how to live a more balanced, effective lifestyle. And so what we did was, is we took all of our classes and we changed them to fit people's new, new circumstances. In the morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, we do a mindfulness and stretching class. So it's just 30 minutes to get your brain and your body tuned for the day. Do some breathing, do some stretching, right? Maybe uh, hang out a little bit, drink a bit of coffee, drink some tea. These are things that we're doing in the morning. One o'clock, I do an afternoon recess or a break, a movement break in the afternoon. Why? Because I feel like this is an opportunity for us, if not to spend 60 to 90 minutes straight working on exercise, I believe that we can do less work or less movement more often and see a lot more benefit. And that's why, you know, Chris is adding the labor, the physical labor into his practice is because, yeah, it's good to get a barbell on your back and and do some squats for an hour, but it's the consistency of moving around and being in action where we can get a lot of value. So I put in an afternoon movement break and in the evening time, my wife teaches her steel mace class. And that's like the, the, the main primary strength class that we're offering right now. But another thing we're doing is we're teaching people how to, how to how to have conversations with their spouse and the person that they're not used to spending all day with. Like how do you facilitate those conversations? It's it's challenging, but we can learn how to structure our own life in a way that actually can come out better with this opportunity because we might find more effective and efficient ways to do our work. So instead of being in an office for eight hours, we might be able to get all of our work done in four hours, which means we have time to learn new skills, practice new habits, live more naturally. And that's what I hope to do for myself and to help other people do is to take this as an opportunity to reflect, refine, and live a more mindful, natural existence where I get to have fun. God, don't even like... Right now, things are scary, right? They're uncertain, and and things are very, very serious. And to me, one of the best ways to combat all of that is to make sure that we're giving our clients and ourselves the space to have fun with stuff again. And so now is a perfect time, you know, and, and just as good as any time, if not better, to get Chris you know, back on the microphone because these are things that we can apply to our life right now. Mistakes are a good thing. Don't become too domesticated. Don't sit down all day. Do more movement, less move, you know, do more movement more often, okay? And for God's sakes, do some physical labor. Sweep your floors, pick up sticks, pull weeds, get up and down off the ground. Be outside. Just because we're on quarantine doesn't mean that you can't go outside and enjoy nature and to just start to integrate some of that back in. And the last thing that we want to discuss, and this is where Chris is going to take it home, is that, you know, now's an opportunity for us to rest. The importance and power of rest is, un, you know, it's still underappreciated. And as Chris mentioned, a couple of days of a.m. sleep times to a.m. wake times will, will really, really stack up on you really quick. And now, we, now that we're living at home, we actually have an opportunity to create a very well-balanced life that includes lots of recreation, lots of rest, high quality, effective work, 
forms of expression artistically, whether it's music or writing or reading or podcasting or creating that creating that business that you always wanted to. Make sure it's an online business or something that can be done through all seasons. But the point is, is you have the time to grow and change and do all of those things, okay? Take advantage of it, but don't forget to rest. Um, before I Before I pass it back to Chris, I had worked so furiously to get the uh, studio set up at the gym. And I got all the panels in there, and it was finally like looking great. And then COVID-19 outbreak. And in that time, I've literally unpacked that entire office and brought as much of my gym back to me as I could. Kettlebells, mace, some PVC pipes. I got my sandbags in here. And, you know, I'm just, I wanted to say that, like, this whole experience has been unexpected. It's certainly unprecedented. But I encourage you to lean on Chris's message still. I encourage you to um, take the time to, like, set up your, set yourself up for success. As soon as I realized I was going to be working from home more often, I did everything that I could to cultivate the conditions for success here, which included getting the studio back into my home, getting uh, getting it look looking nice, getting it feeling clean, smelling clean, making sure my house is clean, buying a bunch of fresh vegetables so I can practice eating whole, rich, quality foods as often as possible. It's all available to you. But in the meantime, I encourage you to be safe. Make sure that you're keeping that proper social distance, not making unnecessary trips. Remember that you're not only caring for yourself, you're caring for others. You're caring for those nurses and those doctors out there that don't have the luxury of going home. Don't have the luxury of police officers, firemen, uh, uh, government officials. Remember that there are other people that need our help by staying in. I encourage you to do that. But while you're home, Get after it, get active, do something exciting and find a way to expand, to to turn your chihuahua back into a wolf, okay? And make sure you're getting proper rest. That's where I'll leave you. I'll let Chris finish. It's been a pleasure catching back up with you for episode 51 and I will catch up with you next time. Appreciate it and have a great day. The last point I'll make is about rest which I, this is the worst thing I do in my life. And so me talking out loud about it is going to help me dial it in a little bit. Why is it so easy to cut sleep? That's like the first thing we get busy. We go, well, I'll do it without the sleep. Sleep goes, breakfast goes. Why is that? Uh, it's the first thing. It's, it's a costly mistake for sure. I should know. Again, I've cut sleep all the time. <clears throat> I've had that, that crushed feeling of, you know, your mood goes pessimistic, you get frustrated, you get unproductive, your thoughts get muddy. It's a very costly thing to do. Science, science, ladies and gentlemen, tells us the obvious truth here. Your brain, my brain, this, this bag of oatmeal, amazingly complex, that's just sort of floating around in fluid between my ears right now. It's like a plant. <laughs> it sounds silly, but like my dad used to tell me when we, I'd come home, or he'd come home from work and we'd go out sort of in the backyard together at night and sort of check on the plants or, you know, we'd pee together under the moonlight, which is a very manly, fun thing to do. If you're a man and you haven't peed outside at nighttime on a perfect summer evening, do that. It's fantastic. But I remember him telling me about the plants and how it's important to water them at night when they're in a state of rest, when they're not getting beat down by the sun and the heat. Why? 
Quite simple. It's because when they're unstressed, they can best utilize the flow of the water. They can absorb it better. They're not preoccupied with survival or photosynthesis or whatever. Now, don't, don't crush me on the details of that. I'm not a botanist. But I've always heard, yeah, water when it's not hot. And that makes sense to me because their, their attention is not diverted. Well, there's now evidence that the brain is sort of similar to that. A series of publications actually I saw in October or so talking about why rest and sleep are important. So the brain, <clears throat> here's the thing about your brain. To have a brain is hugely metabolically expensive. Um, it does not want to devote waking hours to cleaning itself and repairing itself and also to crunching all the data and helping you be alive and awake as a complex human primate. It's, it's just not very efficient. <clears throat> it's, there's not enough energy and resource available for that. Not just hugely active demanding organ it repairs itself during sleep when resources available just like those fucking plants uh, you can see it happen in experimental models i think the study i was referencing is they saw it in, in mice brains where you actually see uh, an increase in fluid coming out of the brain which is basically the brain sort of shuttling out waste materials and sort of cleaning itself and repairing it you can see an upregulation repair activity all those processes are mandatory. You can try to go without sleep. You can crush the coffee like I often time, try, times try to do. You can stay up late burning the midnight oil. And sometimes you can get away with, hey, look, listen, man. If you're not getting enough, you can't keep it up. Your memory will fail. Your concentration, your learning, all that will, will fall to shit. If you're interested in performance, physical and mental on any level, you have to view your sleep as a steroid-like effect. It's just, ju it's just as powerful. If you're getting five hours of sleep a night and you're performing at a certain level at your job, at your, in your training, in your relationships, everything you do, if you go to eight, I can't see a way you're not going to have uh, increased success. It's just true. You have to sleep. Every time I, I go through this, I'm just amazed that why do I keep cutting that out? Uh, the recommendation we usually rec the recommendation we usually recommend sorry the recommendation you, we usually stick to is this you gotta try to get close to eight not because it's just an arbitrary number because it seems to be true if you get close to that you don't have the recurring bouts of fogginess and, 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 and loss of concentration every time I fall below I have more and more off days it's just true here's the important twist you gotta add an hour for probably every hour of hard labor or training or training you do so let's say you're right now competing in crossfit you usually get seven or eight hours of sleep a night pretty good <clears throat> if you go to the gym with your little bag of rice and stuff and you crush your wad then you eat your rice and that took about an hour and a half to do your target should be to go home get cleaned up get all your shit settled and get in the bed an hour earlier because you need to add some bonus time in to get the recovery because let's be clear here what people always forget about training is that they think the training and the work does it, that that's where the result comes from. Not true. That's an administration of a dose. You get some work done. You only get better when you get a, a rebounding recovery effect from what you did. And if you can't recover from what you did, so if you don't sleep and eat enough, it's like you did nothing at all. All you're doing then is breaking your body down. That's why you start feeling like shit when you train a little too hard, a little too often, without enough calories, without enough sleep. If you're training hard and you don't understand what's going on, look to diet and sleep first. It's as simple as that. Why is that? <laughs> Let's come back to what we are. As primates, we had really only, for the longest time, only three jobs. You gotta find food and clean water. If not, you're fucked. But considering that's a really hard search, anytime you did find food, 
You had to spend as much time as possible resting and sleeping and conserving your energy. You don't, you're not going to see busy little primates on African savanna doing shit unnecessarily because it just amplifies to a million degrees your chance of just dying and not being around. So you got to find food. In this case, the best paleo food you can find. With enough carbohydrate to support what you're doing, you got to sleep heavy. A bonus hour on top of that eight hours for every hour of work you're doing, hard labor, training, stuff. But the number three, not this is on topic, but screwing. <laughs> it's Valentine's Day. If you're lucky enough to get laid last night, God bless you, because you can't neglect any of those things. The, one of the best books you can read on sexuality is Christopher Ryan's book, uh, Sex at Dawn, which really lays out a very crisp, clear, refreshing view on that. If you're interested in, in sex, which I hope you are, I do recommend that book for you. That'd be a great read. You gotta have all those things. So don't let the paleo dot be an obsessive thing for you. Don't get too bottled down in the details. It doesn't matter. Eat mostly good natural sources of stuff. Get the highest quality of, of animal products you can. If you're a vegetarian, you can still get around it. There's great protein supplements. So you can still get high quality fat from coconut. You can obviously have all the vegetables and nuts and seeds you want, all that stuff. You can make it work. You certainly don't need grass-fed meat. You can do good sourced um, shellfish uh, not farm-raised fish, because it's not really fish at all, I guess. Corn-fed fish is not what you want, but if you can find um, wild, wild fish of all kinds, beautiful. You don't have to stick to any, there's no rules. If you don't like bacon, I don't know God's name, why would you not like bacon? But you don't have to have it. There's plenty of options. But stick with the highest quality animal sources you want to choose, all the plants you can have, all that. You're going to be beautiful and sexy and brilliant. Uh, don't worry about the details. And also consider that the lifestyle you lead is just as important. So do things that humans should be doing. Get out and about. Be outside. Engage with other people. Um, all that stuff is so important, man. And, oh, fuck. And get plenty of sleep. Please promise me. Promise you right now, you sexy beast, you'll go home and, and take a nap. <laughs> I'm going to be better at that because i got to keep doing these podcasts, man. i got to keep the love coming. That's all I have for today, friends. Quick little paleo talk. I hope you dug it. If you have any questions, if I, don't, if I didn't hit something... Uh, if I confuse the fuck out of you, mumble too much on some point, whatever, you know, I'm, I, I hear you. Send me a text, tweet me, post your question on Instagram, however you want to do it. Facebook, email, I'll get back to you, I promise, I swear. Uh, a few requests before I go. If you dig the podcast, would you please go on iTunes, leave a quick review for me. I'd really appreciate it. Obviously, I prefer five stars, but I'm not going to twist your arm, friend. Uh, also on store.barbabuddha.com, I still have a few books. I'm looking behind me. I have maybe a, a small stack of each of Progress and Way Past Strong that I haven't sold yet. I will sign them all. I'll get them out to you immediately. Uh, people seem to love those books. I'm sure you would too. If you like a copy, go on store.com, store.barbabuddha.com, pick up a, a copy. You can also get it on iTunes and Amazon. Also, I have been really terrible at sending out emails to my customers and to my community to kind of make announcements and, and all that stuff and get feedback. I'm going to change that soon. I'm going to be getting out a survey soon, hopefully, to kind of assess where everybody is at and what their needs are, especially around training and stuff. I want to start offering a service this summer, of course, to help people reach their goals and do it in a very pleasant, uh, seamless, simple way. We're going to have a good fucking time, but I need to know what you need, so you're going to see that soon. And also just some announcements and stuff of, of things coming on the pipeline for summer 2014. So if you want to be interested and get on that newsletter, or well, if you are interested, um, you can go to barbabuddha.com and this little newsletter sign-up thing is going there, click, boom. Email and, and name, and I promise, I promise I won't send you bullshit and spam. Just stuff you might be interested in, I swear. 
uh, that's all I got, man. Hey, until next time, you sexy bitches, I wish you peace, love. Namaste. Cheers.